Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Women on the Line, a national feminist current affairs program produced by women and gender non-conforming people at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne, on Wurundjeri country of the Kulin Nations, and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Iris Lee. This week we hear speeches from protests tackling racism in the settler colony. From the Invasion Day rally in Melbourne of tens of thousands led by First Nations community members and the warriors of the Aboriginal resistance calling to abolish Australia Day. To a protest against racism and the unnecessary travel ban that targets Chinese people who are not citizens or permanent residents in response to the coronavirus. First up we hear two speeches from the Melbourne Invasion Day rally which sat down on Burke and Swanson Street in the city. The rally chair is Mariki Onis. The first speaker is Sasha Edwards, who speaks about the unjust racism behind the killing of 20-year-old Yorta Yorta man Jesse Edwards last year. The second speaker is April Day, who speaks about the unjust death in custody of their mother, Tanya Day, in 2018. You can listen to more from April in an earlier episode of Women on the Line. last year, my cousin, Jesse Edwards, went out for a good time with his siblings and was racially attacked. He was just standing there minding his own business and a woman walked up to him, spat on him and said, it's people like you, is the reason that girl is dead, referring to the referring to that Israeli girl that was killed only days before. Um, She spat on him and then he pushed her away as anyone would push anyone away if they spat on them. And then three men walked over and just bashed Jesse to death. his brother was with him and he was trying to help him but he was also knocked out at the same time his brother is facing almost 35 charges and the men that killed Jesse are only facing assault and affray and they've all got a $2,000 fine and nothing else is happening Oh! 
and my family are just gutted. They don't know what else to do. They're just, I don't know, like in Swan Hill, I don't know what support they're getting and it's just ridiculous. And it's, it's hard. And, and I, I also lost my own brother at the hands of a white man five years ago too and all I can do is try and support my cousins as much as I can. It's, it's hard and we're just, thank you. Justice for Jesse. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Women on the line. Um, next up, we have April Watson Day. Um, and April has been advocating and campaigning um, since her mother, Tanya Day, was killed in police custody in 2017. Here's April. Uh, firstly, I would like to acknowledge uh, that we are standing on Wanjiru country and Bordoran country of the Kulin Nations. I want to pay respects to their elders past present. I also want to pay respects to my elders past present and I want to thank them for leading the way so I could be here today. And I want to thank them for welcoming me and encouraging me and supporting me on my journey and thanking everybody here today for their support. Um, so yeah, my mum was Tanya Louise Day. She was a proud Aboriginal woman. Her family's, um, her mother was from Kamragunja Mission and her father from Rinakala. Yeah, um, Mum was a beautiful, proud woman who also advocated and would be here at these rallies advocating for Aboriginal deaths in custody. So uh, back in December 2017, Mum was travelling on a V-line train from Echuca to Melbourne. Um, during that time, Mum fell asleep um, where she was awoken by a V-line conductor that deemed her unruly for being asleep. So, shame. Um, he solely made that decision to racially profile my mother, call the police where they removed her from the train and arrested her for public drunkenness. So during that time, they had mum at the Casamain train station and they had, well now I can actually speak about it because the coronial is finished, but they had four police surrounding mum um, mum is not, was not a big woman, um, completely intimidating her and you could see from the video footage that she was clearly distressed. Uh, shame. They took mum to the Castlemaine police station where even then she was pleading with them for her release and that they would not do. They did 
poor lass, but none of us were close enough and they said no matter what, your mother's going to have to be in custody for four hours. So during that time that mum was in custody, within the first hour, mum had had her catastrophic hit to the head, which caused a traumatic brain bleed, which is actually the cause of her death. So mum had multiple falls in that cell. They were meant to monitor her every 20 minutes, as that's what's in their police procedures, that they failed to do. They shame. From the moment that my mum hit her head on that cell, she laid on the bed and then she rolled on the floor till on the cold concrete floor to die, which they left her for over four hours. Shame. By the time that mum had left there, it was the last time that she was conscious and the only last time that we would ever be able to communicate with our mother. So um, it's been extremely difficult. Um, we finish up the coronial in November. And um, at one of the first directions hearing, the coroner had overshadowed and made a decision to abolish public drunkenness, which is a law that targets our people and has been recommended over 11 times at the Royal Commission to be criminalised. So if that law was criminalised back, uh, yet a decriminalised, then um, mum could have still been here today. So um, it was pretty hard to just, you know, have our people seen within that courtroom. Uh, for the first time in the nation, we had systemic racism included within a coronial inquest into an Aboriginal death in custody. So, yeah, it was a win for our family, um, but also for all the mob because it sets a precedent for other families that are going through what we're going through um, and hopefully that helps them be able to bring the truth out of what happened to their loved ones. So it was a 13, 14 day inquest and we had to watch that footage on repeat every single day while we sat there and questioned those racist police. The same police that let mum die on that floor. The same police that when they were asked if you would change anything, knowing that Tanya Day would die, would you change it? And every single one of them said no. Shame. Knowing that my mother would die and that her grandbabies would be crying for her, they said that they would not change anything. Shame. So we're asking for the coroner to lay criminal to report them and lay criminal charges for criminal neglect. Because if it wasn't for them placing my mother in a cell, she would be alive. Another thing that stood out for us was police investigating police. How, how can police be investigating police? This country was invaded. It has been built on murder and genocide and then you're going to let the police investigate their own kind when they're out here killing our people. Shame. And you can see throughout every single statement, every single witness that stood on that stand that there was absolutely no fault in their mind that what they had done was wrong. And you could see from every statement that the investigation was completely flawed, it was biased. You could see that the police commissioner did not take 
any seriousness into the matter, didn't respect the coroner's court in any form, and the best they could do was put up witnesses that couldn't answer basic questions about systemic racism and bias within their police force. So, shame. Shame. They have police investigating police that are only getting a handful of statements. They've got police investigating police that aren't going back for a second report when they find a lie within the statement. They're not even interviewing civilians that were in contact with mum. What does that say when you have a police officer running that investigation? Shame. It's biased and it's unfair to our people. Uh, back in April, we had a vigil that was for the Aboriginal deaths in custody. At that time, it was 414 people that had passed. Right now, we're at 425. Shame. 425. I've seen reports of 435, but I don't want to quote on that. But how devastating is it that within not even a year, we've had another 11 of our people die? And the police don't care. The government don't care. And the government have committed to abolishing public drunkenness, which they may think is so deadly. But if they had done that years ago, there would be a lot more of our people here. And at the end of the day, that is a commitment. It is still a dangerous law for our mob and people of colour. It is not decriminalised yet. So we need to make sure that we remember that and to keep the pressure on the government. Um, it is the only way that we get justice and it starts with here. So I want to thank everybody. Um, as Mariki and other mobs said earlier, we're donating money for the Aboriginal Funeral Fund. So I've got a bucket. I've also got a card reader uh, for the fellas that want to pay with card. So time to pay up you fellas, pay the rent. Thank you. was Mariki Onis leading the chats after the speech by April Watson Day. You can find more details of how to pay the rent at the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance's Facebook page. There is also a non-Indigenous settler group in collaboration set up to pay the rent at paytherent.net.au. Across these stolen lands now called Australia, you have been listening to Women on the Line, highlighting a range of gender non-conforming and women voices, broadcast on the Community Radio Network. Support independent media makers like the Women on the Line team by subscribing to the local radio station where you hear our show. Or you can directly support Women on the Line by becoming a subscriber to our show. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe and select Women on the Line in the program drop-down menu. Now we turn to Stand Together Against Racism rally against anti-Chinese racism calling to lift the travel ban imposed by the Australian state in response to the panic over the novel coronavirus. We hear first from Yanni, from the Anti-Colonial Asian Alliance Melbourne Kulin Nations, reading a statement they drafted with the Sydney Rang chapter, available also on their social media. A note on the audio, the rally was contested by a vocal counter-protest. A statement from 
AAAs, we're anti-colonial Asian Alliance, we're a group of Asians that organise around solidarity with Indigenous peoples, ex-detainees and refugees. This is a statement in solidarity with those affected by coronavirus, against racism, against xenophobia, against border violence. Now, I will read one paragraph in English. Over the past two weeks, after the past two weeks, we have seen and felt a rampant increase in racism against Chinese people and those who look Chinese. When we say, when we say Chinese, when we say Chinese, when we say Chinese, we hold space for many identities. Be it mainland Chinese, local and migrant Chinese here, Aboriginal Chinese, Malaysian Chinese, and so on. To be Chinese is cultural and possible in many different ways that we cannot pin down. While we call for solidarity with those affected by the coronavirus, we support people in Wuhan who are affected by coronavirus. We support in Wuhan and globally. We recognize the same. We recognize the same dehumanizing rhetoric and behaviors imposed upon Chinese folks in the name of public health and safety. So who, who's making these calls about public health and safety? The white public who serves and if served by the Australian government and the murder press, that's who. This new bout of old racism is not specific to the virus outbreak itself. If you consider the recent 250 years of history of these lands, but rather the virus has given people a reason to be outwardly racist. Sadly, we also see that some Chinese people have internalized this and distanced themselves from foreigner people. Here, we refer, here we refer to organizations who have called on the government to stop international students and tourists from entering the country. There have been no cases of death of coronavirus here. Many deaths of influenza. This is a reminder for those of us who are Chinese migrant settlers, who spent years and sometimes generations embedded within white Australia's assimilationist project. No matter how hardworking we are, no matter how successful, articulate or useful, we will never be white. No, but why should we appeal to an illegitimate colony, colonial authority that we are worthy? This is a reminder that we live on stolen, sacred Aboriginal lands. And we, as Chinese migrant settlers, must stand with First Peoples who have faced the brunt of ongoing colonial crime and continue to be the frontier of anti-colonial resistance. The Shenhua coal mine is being pushed ahead right now by Chinese capitalists, promising further destruction of sacred sovereign lands. It is our particular responsibility as Asian diaspora to call this out and to disrupt and weaponize our positioning for solidarity with indigenous movements. But, but we refuse to buy into white supremacist hierarchies about the worth, value and dignity of our bodies. Our belonging will always be conditional and there's no way of being a good immigrant 
in the settler colony when our value and inclusion as minority model minorities is cast in economic and consumptive cultural terms. We seek our welcome from the true custodians of the land, not the settler colonial regime. And we continue to do the work of educating ourselves, uplifting and shifting our orientations to First Nations, to whom our struggles and lands on this land are intertwined with. During this time, during this time, we also called for continued support, continued support for our families and communities and extend that to people directly, directly affected. We support people who are directly affected from people in lockdown in Wuhan, those with family here, to those experiencing racism here, especially international students, migrant workers, refugees and tourists. that we're gathering on stolen land. Land has never, this sovereignty of this land was never ceded. Uh, my name is Shan. I'm a PhD candidate, a casual academic, and NTU delegate um, at Melbourne University. But today, I'm speaking as a migrant. I'm a migrant to this country. I'm speaking here because I have held so many temporary visas before and right now as we know it, it's just temporary visa holders that's been affected. They're, they're stranded in limbo. And among those people are many international students. I want to thank you all for coming today to rally because we want to stand together to say we support the international migrant workers and students. few days, I've received messages from students and workers within China. They're now trapped in China. And I want to share their stories with you. I want to show you how this racist, disgraceful travel ban has affected these ordinary people. The travel ban disrupts their lives. Students face missing the start of semester. Workers face losing their jobs. 
one international student who is about to graduate. Now she has to delay her graduation. Another student has a rental lease soon end and she can't renew her lease in absence. The travel ban means discrimination. It divides people into nationalities. Only one nationality deserves humanity. One migrant worker said, I've lived in Australia for six years and now I'm being reminded of my place. It's like they're saying to you, you don't matter because you are a non-citizen. The travel ban legitimizes racism and borders. One international student who's trapped in China right now took out her phone to check her Twitter yesterday and guess what she saw? She saw torrents of racist comments online cheering for the government to close the borders, cheering for the PM to initiate a travel ban. Now, another student said the travel ban is clear signal from the government to say that our rights and dignity are bestowed by the state, which can be withdrawn arbitrarily I always felt deeply saddened by the way the Australian state has treated the refugees asylum seekers. And now it, I realize the travel ban shows me that whether you are a full human being or not depends on which side of the border you stand on. As a migrant, thank you. As a migrant, I know exactly what she's saying. I know exactly how they feel. I was called all sorts of names. I was called a cash cow. I was called a CCP spy. I was called a dirty ching chong. It's a shame this country has its racist history and now people are exploiting this history and now people are standing here shouting, go back to China. I want to conclude by reminding us who the real enemy is. Uh, this government, this government is so obsessed with their tough on borders policies so they can appear uh, as if they care about our safety and well-being. But we have to be clear-eyed. We are clear-eyed. This is the safe government that has slashed billions of dollars from public hospitals. This is the same government that has slashed billions of dollars from our higher education, from farm rural services, from welfare services. This is the same government that denied climate change every step of the way. So, who is our real enemy? The Morrison government is the virus that we should be worried about. They are the threat to our safety and existence. Thanks. You are listening to Sean Winscript, a final stage PhD candidate and sessional academic at the University of Melbourne. Sean was speaking at a No to Racism rally to lift the travel ban held on February 7th in Melbourne, chaired by Farida Iqbal. We'd love to hear your comments or thoughts about the program, so please send an email to womenontheline at gmail.com or give us a call at 3CR on 039419. Eight three double seven. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Women on the Line is a national feminist current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of women and gender non-conforming broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne on Kulin Nation's land, and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network, with funding support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded at www.3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. This week's music is Anthem by the band Titters.
I'm Iris Lee. Tune in to Women on the Line next week on New York Community Radio Station. When your anthem's absurd, God sing me an anthem. When your anthem's absurd, God sing me an anthem. When your anthem's absurd, God sing me an anthem. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.